Hey everyone, welcome to Fika for Life! Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes, that's the big crowd that's gathered here today. Uh, my name is Edward Thomas and today we have a very special co-host. Jonas Leasson. Jonas is the husband of Lynn, who usually is the other co-host here, but she's away. And today we're talking about manly stuff, so it was really good that Eunice could jump in. Hey, Eunice, how's it going? Hi, Ed. It's fine, thank you. Have you had any fika today? No, not yet. Really? I did. I had a little piece of of cinnamon and bread and some tea. It was really good. No, I only get breakfast. Really? So, oh, wow. Yeah. Poor guy. That's what happens when your <laughs> wife's away, isn't it? <laughs> That's the thing. Today we're going to talk about um, fatherhood and maybe a little on just the men's role in the home family life from a manly perspective. Ooh. Um, and so, yeah. Do you want to start, Yunus? Do you have any thoughts, anything about... I mean, because you have, what, like 20 children now? 20 children? Yeah. No. no. Okay. I thought you were going to say <laughs> I haven't yes. gone so far I yet. Say, I thought you were going to say, yes, we have 20. I'm like, poor Lynn. Oh, my gosh. That's why she's not here. No, you guys have um, one daughter? Yes. And how old is daughter. she? She's uh, two and a half, a little more, Ooh, almost three years terrible old. Terrible tooth. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I have five children, but my children are all adult children. So, <laughs> so I'm looking at fatherhood from another perspective than what you are. Yeah, probably, but you have been there. Been there, done that. I'm the expert. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> if you look at my children, you'll be like, oh my gosh, really? No, yeah. um, they're fine. They're alive and healthy. So, mm. um, What do you think was the most uh, shocking thing about being a dad? Like, Was something you weren't prepared for? <laughs> oh, that's a difficult question. Mm. I mean, maybe everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can read about it, but yeah. uh, to feel it and live it, it's another thing. Mm. So I, I would say maybe the thing that you got m- feel that you have more responsibility, that uh, you can't do when, whatever you want to do. You feel a little more locked down. <laughs> you, you can't Restricted, go. Yeah, restricted. <laughs> Trapped. <laughs> you can't go. You're bound. Go out uh, everywhere because somebody has to take care of Nomi, yeah. and yeah, it can't always be Lynn's tasks. Yeah. So yeah. I thought the 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 smell of the poop. You think like babies because when you hold a baby, they always smell kind of like babyish, you know. And then when you get a baby home, and you find out they poop a lot, and sometimes that poop is really strong. <laughs> like I wasn't prepared for that, so the first time I was like, oh, I thought something was wrong <laughs> with with Eddie when he was born because it was so strong, and I thought, oh no, my son is sick because mm. his poop smells so bad. But <laughs> it's it was just normal. I just wasn't prepared for that, and the amount of poop I wasn't prepared for because yeah, a lot it, of diaper changes, so it was a lot. Yeah, of poop be- because I work with elderly people, I, I'm used to so you were <laughs> different prepared. smells. <laughs> so you were prepared. You're like, this I'm is nothing. That. Wait till they're like 70. Woo! Yeah. yeah, I see a lot of similarities, yeah. sadly. Probably is. That maybe yeah. that might be a good thing. Maybe that would be the thing, like before you're going to become a new father, you should work in elderly care. Mm. And for because taking care of like, People who are maybe have dementia or are on their way to dementia, people who no longer can take care of themselves. I mean, it is kind of what a baby is, you know, taking mm. care of a baby is like. Interesting. <laughs> For all of you who don't have children, 
don't let this scare you. <laughs> this is normal. Um, but the responsibility, what was the hardest thing about, or was it easy to take on this, this sudden amount of responsibility? I wouldn't say it's easy. I mean, it's, you, you do what you can along the way. Um, I mean, you, yeah, like, yeah, you, you have to, as, as mostly, I mean, there is a view that the man should provide and, mm. and the woman is more the caregiver, but that's changing. So, but, but still, I feel that responsibility to be able to provide mon- monetary support yeah. to my child and, and to the family so we can survive for mm. rent and other expenses yeah. as food and such. Yeah. But, uh, How was, like, so my, my dad was an absent dad, so I don't really have an example in front of me. I saw other people's dads did it, but that's always from a distance. Um, but, you know, I remember, like, the older men, when I grew up, the older men just, they, they didn't hug. They didn't really play with the kids or anything. Um, they provided for the family. They went out, they worked really hard, brought home the paycheck. The woman took the money, you know, bought food, paid the bills. And basically, she was the ruler of the house. Mm. Uh, the man came home, probably didn't help that much, whatever. I don't think my grandfather's ever changed a diaper. So... It just would be weird for me to think that they had done that, but I don't think they've ever changed a diaper or anything like that. Um, they did give a lot of wisdom. Like I could always talk to my grandfather, you know, uh, both of them, and they would give a lot of advice and, and share a lot of their knowledge about the world and things like that. Um, and then the 60s came, and all of a sudden you're supposed to be like a different kind of guy. Mm. Um, so I decided, um, because I didn't have an example, I had to decide what kind of father I was going to be. And so I decided that... Um, I wanted to play a lot with my kids. I wanted to hug them. I wanted to affirm them. I wanted them to have, I wanted wanted them to feel safe with me, you know, not afraid of me. Um, But there were a lot of things I also didn't know, you know, about the responsibility of being a dad. And I think one of those things is that it never ends. (laughs) So, I mean, because, I mean, for moms and stuff, you know, and sorry, ladies, and you may take offense to this, but everyone automatically assumes the, the mother role for mm. women, you know, that the mother's going to be caring and giving. Obviously, the baby's growing inside of her stomach, so I can, maybe that helps to, we can't really get the baby in our stomach. It wouldn't really work. I wouldn't know where to push it out from. But um, but the role of the father has sort of been thrust, I feel like it's been thrust upon us without necessarily a lot of role models because you can't really look mm. at the older generation for help because many of them weren't the kind of dads that is required of fathers now. So. Yeah. Um, so how did you decide? How did you decide what kind of dad you're going to be? Or was your dad an example for you or, or your grandfather, someone else? You know, maybe Gabriel was an example. Gabriel's our producer for today, so <laughs> I get to pick on him because he can't say anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's the thing. My dad hasn't been so visible in, in my home, at least. Mm. So I would say I have closer connection to my mother as uh, a role model mm-hmm. uh, because she was always there and loving and caring but of course my father has been there as a provider and mm-hmm. and uh, he's been very strict so I think it has been a good balance but uh, yeah my what, what to say I, I, I would say 
I, I don't really have a clear role model. I would say mm. I get a lot of what I gotten from my education, from school, what I've got from friends, uh, from family, from from my cousins, what I've got from also at at work but uh, but also i would say from especially from the bible as mm. as i can see role models there that uh, i would like to s- strive for to be be mm. yes anything in particular the the way of of being loving mm. uh, loving to your child but still be able to uh, uh, discipline them mm. uh, to be able to be to, to set down your foot and, and say this is not okay and this hurts me or mm. uh, to to have this balance between grace and how to say <laughs> <laughs> basically it's the law and the gospel <laughs> sounds very Lutheran <laughs> okay. no but yeah but being giving grace but also yeah give uh, boundaries yeah. to consequences yeah, and consequences, we're not talking about yeah. spanking because we live in Sweden yeah. you can't spank your child of course not we're in the States though mm. light them up no <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Mm. yeah but I think that's the I think that when the, the so I think that part of being a father is also having to be sort of in sync with the mom you know because yeah. because children so I think like for us coming from two different cultures um, where um, Annette was very Swedish, I was very American, and then we were trying to raise our kids together, but we have these totally different reference points. And so, and I'm like, you know, okay, there's rules and stuff in the house, there's consequences for the rules, and Annette's like, more like, well, we need to talk to the children and explain everything to them. I'm like, they're children, they don't understand. They're one stage above dogs and cats. Come on. And she's like, how could you say that about our children? And I was like, what? That's like they are. They're really trainable right now. She's like, I can't believe you said that, you know. And so uh, one of the things is that um, I think our children have always been able to sort of manipulate that difference between us um, because they can come to mom and they'll say, oh, mom, you know, could you loan me some money? And Annette and I hadn't talked to each other. And mm. then they'll come to me and dad. Well, you know, I just talked to mom and she told me to ask you for some money. And so we both gave the kids money. <laughs> and so, mm. you know, it's all those kind of little small things like that where being synchronized as a father and a mother, you can avoid a lot of the the complications when it comes to discipline and stuff like that. My father had a good... Uh he he had a good um, doing for for that, so he always said, "Go ask mom." So she was the boss. <laughs> he abdicated. No, no. But, but oh I would my say my mom was pretty strict too. So mm. when, when it comes to important things, really, yeah. my mom was strict all the time. That's probably why I'm not strict at all because <laughs> I wanted to be different. Um, but I but I think that one of the the most well, besides that, besides having to be in, in, in sync with your wife and everything, um, I think that we men, we get to choose what kind of fathers we, we want to be now. Mm. And there's no re- really, there's no good book on it. Maybe that's should, I should write a book. Uh, <laughs> and I think that, you know, as, as a Christian, where you're trying to incorporate, like, Jesus' teaching into your life, you know, that Jesus didn't have children. You know, and there's no real good hand with this. No, it would have been great if one of the writers in the Bible had written about 
child rearing because hmm. at least you'd have something you know concretely to go after, but there is nothing. Hmm. And so one of our biggest problems is that is that we're trying to take all the rules about love and kindness and respect. We have that one verse that says that fathers should not provoke their children to anger, causing them to sin. And I, that's been like my main verse to go after. Okay, so I can't piss them off too much, but I've got to piss them off. But I should do it in a way so I don't try to force them into a sort of a sinful lifestyle. Uh, how do you do that? There's no how. Hmm. So you have to figure out the how for yourself, maybe. Yeah, like when I, when I had Numi in the beginning, I was like, oh, I, I want to write down everything that I have learned, all oh, the wow. tools and t- theories I, yeah. <laughs> I Did have Did you do learned. that? <laughs> no, I haven't yet, but I, I'm still having in my thought. <laughs> you have to write everything I, yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot I want to teach my child mm. to... For, for to be pre- pre- prepared for the mm. life she's going to yeah, yeah. teach you to play chess <laughs> yeah i think it's good i tried <laughs> I, the boys played chess when they were small but they gave that up really quickly <laughs> the girls don't play chess at all so i don't know I but failed. but i think as, as a parent you can you can give them the tools you can give them the training mm. and, and the models how to do it yeah. but you can't live them for live it for them or give give no. them the the feelings for everything so in some ways you have to let them go and have some sort of free tryouts themselves well, hmm. I, I mean in uh, controlled manners of course <laughs> so there you can play with the knives because i can watch you <laughs> over there don't be playing with the knives when i'm not there no uh no i, I know what you mean i just i'm just being facetious um but but isn't that is that one of those things like every father has to determine what life lessons are going to going to give their child, and I and I think it's really I think it's hard. I don't know how to prepare yeah. my children for a world that's so radically different from the world I grew up in. I I, I grew up in a world with black and white TV, mm. with LP you know records, those little black discs that you put like you know, and it would make music. You know, I grew up with a dialed telephone. You know, like. People don't even have like a dialed telephone in their house anymore. No one knows what that is, you know. <laughs> like there's things that have disappeared from my life. And it's hard. And, and I think it was difficult trying to prepare them for a world. I mean, it's maybe easier for you because you're younger. So you've grown up with more of the digital things and stuff. And yeah, you have an interest in it. In such way, no. but, but I think that it was, it's, uh, it's difficult preparing them for, for that future, uh, both with all the, the techno- technological things but also all the ideological things. Mm. Uh, the world has changed. What people think is right or wrong has changed drastically. And how society looks at things, especially things within the Christian faith, is very different now. And I think it's more difficult. I think it's harder. Um, I think it requires more discipline of us fathers to establish within our homes that place where the children get to know God and family devotion, reading the Bible, talking about things with them, showing them, being an example for them. I think that part makes it harder because before dads didn't have to do that. Hmm. And now like we still have to work, but now you have to do all this other stuff and be conscious about what you're doing, you know, and I think it's harder. But but you have parental leave here in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, we so, don't we don't have that in this in the states, you know. I I don't know how many other countries have parental leave. So, 
I know that I read about uh, half of the European uni- countries in the oh, really? European Union. Okay. Apparently, so. so maybe it's a European thing. Or a little more. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, but I'm wondering that that's a whole thing. I'm wondering how. So I'm one of those people who I'm not so necessarily going to say that when a child is born, that I think it's always best that the father's there exactly in the very beginning. Because even if you, I mean, in the beginning, this is my personal opinions, right, if you disagree. Um, but in the very beginning, when a child is born, I felt like I couldn't really do that much. I could change the diapers. I felt like I could probably still work and then come home. And then when the baby was up and stuff, I can like hold the baby and do stuff with the change of diapers so that my wife could get a break and stuff like that. In the middle mm. of the night, I could wake up and go get the baby so she could get some rest. Uh, but it wasn't really a lot to do. And so I took my parental leave a little bit later mm. when the children were actually up running and walking and actually destroying things because I felt like I could contribute <laughs> more. Um, when I felt like I was still bonding with my kids, I, like I was still there and I was helping out, um, but I felt like my contribution was a lot more when I take my parental leave late. And I know that goes against the common flow where they say, oh, the dad should take the parental leave like in the very beginning. And I'm like, eh. wife just had a baby. She probably needs to rest some. Eh, I don't know, you know. Hmm. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. I don't know. You know, it's... Yeah, you know. Yeah. When, women, have been, women have been taking care of children by themselves with no interference from men for thousands of years. I don't think that somehow women have genetically become weaker, and so they are dependent upon us men. But I think that society has sort of brought that about. Now I just said something controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's... Of, of course, you're, you're more involved, but, but still... I, it, it feels like I... I may maybe doesn't have that. It doesn't feel like I have that close connection to to my daughter, even if I was like close to her, because mm. because Lynn had to take care of uh, Numi, mm. like breastfeed and in such a way. And and mm. even when I don't know, but Numi is my daughter. Is always calling. Lynn, when it's something that she's sad for, or mm-hmm. yeah, even if I can give her that comfort or mm-hmm. support, it's not. See, I think it's built <laughs> in. I think God built. I know. Here we go again. I'm just gonna stick my foot in the pie today. So I think that God has built a system like this mm. that children naturally gravitate towards their mothers, especially in the beginning. So all of my children have all been like, mama, 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 mama. And, and it was like, I think the first time, so when Eddie was born, Eddie's the oldest one of our five kids. And when Eddie was born, like, I had to get used to the fact that all of a sudden, I was not like an important person anymore. Like, I don't know if you felt that way, but I felt, I felt like, I mean, I, I worked, I came home, you know, I tried to be as active a dad as I could. I tried to be a supportive husband. But really, it was the mother and baby show. That's who people came to visit. That's who people interacted with. Um, the the baby needed the mom around all the time because they were constantly, they were always, my kids were always hungry. Like, I think they wore my wife out or something. And maybe that's why she's going to have more kids because they were always hungry. I'm like, well, oh my gosh, you're going to drain those things, you know? And um, and I couldn't do that. I couldn't, the, their basic needs for those first few months, I couldn't provide it mm-hmm. in the same way that my wife could. And there was a natural attachment, a natural bond between the mom and, and the kids. Um, 
I mean, they knew who I was. Mm. Well, not Nicole, because I was gone when she was little because I had to apply for my visa. Um, so she didn't know who I was. And so, um, so I think that that was one of the most difficult things, um, actually, is, is to accept that sort of, that role. I mean, we didn't have, we weren't having sex, and this baby's getting all the attention. It's like, huh, fine. Because that's what it's like. And I wish someone had, to, after the first one, I, then I knew it was okay. But I wish someone had prepared me for that for the first one. Because it was a big difference. Like it changed our sex life. You know, we would try to have sex sometimes, and the kids would always—they always want to come in the room when we're going to have sex. <laughs> we're about to get down, you know. And the kids are like, "Mama, what are you guys doing in there? Uh, we're hugging each other." <laughs> we would say, and the kids are like, "Ew, <laughs> they're hugging each other." And then I think when our kids got to be teenagers, they're like, "We know you guys are having sex. We can hear you guys all the time." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh." I'm really sorry. I didn't think we're making any noise. They're like, we can tell. <laughs> so, so how would you say parenting of a teenager Ooh. would be? Well, that might be the what we have to take for the next one. Is okay. what happens after the? Because I think the role of a father changes yeah. when the kids get older. I think that. Um, so I think things like when the children were really really small, the mom was really important. What happens once they start running around when they're about between about like four or five, three mm. or four or five? All of a sudden, my role as a father was like it was all about dad because mm. I could play with them. I would. And my it's really funny. I don't know that many moms that actually play with their children, but I know a lot of dads that do. And I think maybe that might be a dad thing. That one of those things that God has done is that because of our extra strength, we can toss the kid up in the air. I don't see very many moms tossing babies up in the air, catching them. I see a lot of dads doing stuff like that. It freaks the moms out. <laughs> but the dads are like, it's okay, you know, because they know they're going to catch their kid, you know. Um, I think that there, there are other things like, um, you know, I would challenge my kids, can't challenge my kids, uh, friends mm. to, uh, like softball fight. I mean, not softball, but snowball fights. So I'd build a big fort and I would just tear into them and like throwing balls around. And my wife's like, that's just so crazy. You're so childish. I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> so much fun. And so a lot of the crazy things that my kids have done have been inspired by their father. Mm. Well, the mom is still sort of like, but you need to take it easy and be safe. I'm like, go out there and have fun. Whoa. So, uh, so maybe we should say that for another program Yeah, to talk about as kids get get older. Uh, would you come back for it so we can continue talking about yeah, fatherhood? Yeah, certainly. Yes? yes? It would be fun. Maybe we'll get a panel. We'll get a bunch of men in and we can grunt and do caveman things. Or, uh, 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 and then we can all fart and see who has the strongest fart. Because that's what men do when we get together. It's not a myth, ladies. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we've just sort of scratched the ice of the whole thing about being yeah, a father. Yeah, there's a lot of talk. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about, to do and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, Thank you, Eunice, for coming Yeah, today. thank you, Ed. Yeah. And uh, you guys all know, write in. Please give us your questions. Tell us things you want us to talk about. Um, make sure that you sit down as you're listening to that. Get a good cup of tea, a good cup of coffee, and something good to eat. Because that's fika here in Sweden. Well, this is us signing off. Bye, me, Edward. Bye, Jonas. And remember to write, Fika for life! Fika for life! <laughs>